0: So let's move into hour number two. Nice to have you here on this Tuesday. I am Jim Rome. The interview portion of the program is going to begin momentarily. We are efforting Will Anderson Jr. of the Texans. Coming up at hour number three, the very top, I've got Bruce Feldman. We'll talk about the college football playoff selection process and whether or not the committee got it right. All right, all of that still ahead. And again, a reminder, your telephone number is 1-800-636-8686. But as promised, we are joined right now via Zoom by a defensive end for the Houston Texans. He is in his rookie season. He is having a very good rookie season. He was the third overall pick in this year's draft out of Alabama. He won a natty with the Crimson Tide back in 2020. On this year, he's got 42 tackles. He has eight for a loss. He's got five sacks. He had that big game Sunday. Five tackles, two sacks in Houston's big win over Denver. The Texans are 7-5. and five. They're tied for second in the AFC South. They've got the Jets on Sunday. Will Anderson Jr. is my guest, Will. It's great to have you back on, Will. How you doing?
1: It's doing good. Thank you for having me back again. I appreciate it.
0: Yes, sir. It's great to have you. Hey, let me preface this by saying team first always, and I'm going to get there in a minute, but you had a breakout game against Denver. You had those two sacks. You had four quarterback hits. That was the first multi-sack game of your pro career. How hyped are you to be finding your rhythm and your groove and getting pressure on and getting to the quarterback?
1: Yeah, it's been great, man. Just learning everything and learning from a great group of guys in the room, man. It's been awesome. I love working with those guys. I love the coaching style that Mikos put together. They're very... Um, good, you know what I'm saying, so it's been fun just finding that groove, you know they the the older guys and the vets in the room, you know, they've been doing a really good job of helping me keep my head, you know, on the right thing and make sure that I'm still going out there and doing my job and not getting distracted by anything and just more, so for me, it's just way I can help the team, and that's really just going out there and doing my job, man, and not trying to be selfish and go out there and make plays or anything like that that, you know, I don't need to be doing, so it's really been fun just to be a part of the team and just see the growth and the culture change that's been going on here. I
0: love it, you just touched on so many of important things I think Will Anderson Jr. is my guess. I mean you know you want to be the man everybody wants to be the guy to make the play but you've got so many playmakers around you you don't have to do it all yourself I'm curious the defense played big all game but you made that enormous stand at the end of the game picking Russell Wilson off in the end zone how locked in were all 11 guys on your side of the ball in the final seconds of that game
1: You know, we were very locked in. I think that's one of the biggest things that we have to do on defense is like we're all on the same page. Like we always say, nobody can mess with us when we're all doing things the right way where we have a really good chance to be a really great defense. So, man, just seeing everybody lock in and, you know, bow up and do their job and be exactly where they need to be. It was a beautiful thing to see.
0: You know, you and I spoke the week before the draft and you were pumped at that time to find out where you might land in the NFL. Knowing what you know right now, could you have landed in a better spot than you did?
1: Absolutely not, man. I'm so happy to be here, man. I was so happy when they came. Because, I, 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 honestly, I wanted to come here so bad. Like, they were they were my first top 30 visit. And I wanted to come here so bad. And I was telling my eight, I was like, Nicole, I don't care what you got to do. But tell Houston, I want to be there so bad. And, of course, I know they needed a quarterback. But, man, when they traded up and they came and got me, man, it just meant the world to me. Because, you know, now it's even more like, oh, yeah, I really can, like, you know, come here and really be with the guys I really want to be with and be able to play for the coach I really want to, um, you know, play for. So it's been beautiful.
0: I was going to say, well, it's pretty obvious right now why that was such a good spot for you. But when you first went there and you knew right away, like, man, this is the spot. This is where I want to be. How did you know? What was so great about it when you first got there that made you know that, man, this is it?
1: I'm really big on relationships and I'm really big on, you know, people that I'm going to get a chance to work with and be around. And from the moment I walked into the building to the moment I left, to the moment, you know, the drive process was going on. They stayed consistent the whole time. Like they were the exact same people from the first time I met them to now, and they still are. So I think that's the, really the biggest thing, like the people in the, in the staff, like the nutritionist, PR, uh, weight room, um, um, training room, coaches, everybody like, All the same, like, and when you have a great, and even the players even had reached out, you know, during the draft. So, like, when you have people like that in the building, man, it just makes the program even better. It makes the organization, you know, um, a top organization. It makes people even want to come here. That's probably, like, free agency or anywhere because of the people that's in the building. So, it was really good to see that.
0: Yeah, to be really fair and really honest, man, and be real, people would not have said that about the Texans organization not that long ago. Everything you just laid out, man, this thing has flipped. This thing has changed. It has changed quickly. How much of that is about D'Amico Ryans?
1: Man, I, I got to give a big credit to him, man. He just, he's just so full of energy, man. He loves the game so much. Um, the passion that he brings to the game, the energy that he brings in the building every day, we just feed off of it, man. He does an incredible job getting all of us ready. He's relatable, so he like he knows you know what like how it is so like it's easy for him to like get to us like what we have to do or what needs to be done and it's just great um for him to be here you know we all are appreciative of him man he's doing a fantastic job
0: you know i'm not there i'm on the outside looking in but it seems to me that he's relatable one because he's really good like that really good at relating to players number two he played the game at a high level number three he played there he knows that place he knows that building right. So that all makes sense to me. You know, Will, you said something that kind of stands out, too, that you're about relationships. You're about relationships. They're really important to you. Take you and CJ Stroud. You're making my dude, GM Nick Casario, and his staff look really smart for taking you two guys with the second and third picks overall. Given that you and CJ will always be linked based on what happened on draft night, how would you describe your relationship with him? And then how would you sum up the impact he's had on that
1: team? Yeah, man, it's just crazy, like, For us to even be teammates, because we had spent kind of this the end of all season heading into the draft. Like we had spent that whole time together and we didn't even have a clue that we were going to be teammates. So we already kind of started building a relationship then. And then for us to be on the same team, I like I actually got to see him work, actually got to see him be around like other dudes and everything like that. And man, like the dudes like gravitate towards CJ. CJ has a big personality, man, always got a big smile on his face, always cracking jokes and everything like that. But on the field, man, he takes care of business. He's always locked in, always cool, coming, collected, man. But he just has that that competitive, you know, that competitive edge to him. That no matter what's going to go out there, happen, he's going to come out victorious. And he has a really big, you know, relationship with God, and I think it, it really affects everybody around us to like, you know, like, dang, like this dude is special. So we just want to like play for him and even go even harder for the organization and CJ because he's so great.
0: Man, that's really interesting. He's got so much it. Well, like I talked, you and I spoke before the draft. I talked to him on Radio Row, and I'm like, man, I watched him his entire car college career and obviously loved him as a player. But then when you sit with CJ, like he just has this kind of, this aura, man. He's got this thing. He's got this it. And you know, he's got all these things despite all of that. And you knew that already. How fired up were you and your teammates to see him get in Broncos linebacker, Alex Singleton's grill after that late hit on Sunday and not give an inch?
1: Man, we was really, (laughs) he was, uh, we was crying on the sideline. It was funny. We all had walked out there on the field to make sure nothing happened. But you know, everybody was cracking jokes. Uh, after the game, I don't know, one, uh, one of the Olam was like, She said, you was, the, you was finna get beat up out there, wasn't you? We was all just laughing about it. But like, <laughs> she's just the type of person, like, he don't stand for no crap. You know what I'm saying? Like, he a man just like everybody. else. just because he played quarterback, like, you can be tough, too. And that's what I think everybody respects so much about CJ.
0: That is the best. Will, before you go, a couple of quick thoughts. Like, you had a huge game. I could argue that you're very much in the running for a defensive rookie of the year. It doesn't mean it's easy, man. It doesn't mean there haven't been challenges. I mean, this is a different grind altogether, right? So how would you describe what the season's yeah. been like for you personally?
1: For me, um, it's just been a lot of learning. And I think that's what keeps me going. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just eager to learn and get better. You know, it's easy when you're not having success to quit and get down on yourself and be hard on yourself, but it's also the people that's here. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I just have to give a big thanks to the guys in the locker room, man, and the guys in the defensive line room and the coaches that's here, man. Like, they always keep you in high spirits, always keep you with positivity in your head. And I tell you, like, um, the faith that's around in the building with everybody, like, like Dylan, our player personnel guy, Coach Rod, a assistant defensive line coach, and then all the vets in the room, man. Like it's been, it's like it's been great having those guys here. So like I would just say, like it's just been a really good learning experience for me to learn how to overcome adversity, learn how to keep my mental on the right track and not get distracted about what the world has to say and don't need the approval of anybody else, but Will Anderson and God. So it's really been a fantastic thing to be a part of. You
0: know it sounds like to me? It sounds like, number one, it's all about the energy. It's all about the energy, right? You don't want any energy vampires. It sounds like the energy in that building is incredible. It also sounds like maybe you might be talking about something you may have picked up in college. You want to stay away from the rat poison. Is there rat poison on Sundays too? Is that still in the back of your mind?
1: (laughs) Always. I I promise you... um, (laughs) I, I I always listen to Coach Saban like still to this day like I always still listen to the message he said and I was looking at a video um uh, he's just so powerful with his words and he said it's time in games like this it's time to turn your it's exe- time to turn your passion into execution and that stuck with me like this whole Sunday like I'm so passionate that just go out there and execute what you have to go do and go do it so like man like. I, I I miss playing for the man, man. He's great. He's really the GOAT. Always have a wise words to say, very knowledgeable. He's taught me so much in my time being at Alabama. I try to emulate a lot of everything that he does in his life into what I do in my life now. So I can't thank Coach Saban enough for like all the great things.
0: That is extremely high praise. I got to be honest. I love that line. It's time to turn your passion into execution. He was the number three pick overall. Won a natty. With the Crimson Tide in 2020, having a big season, coming off a big, big game, arguably his best game as a pro, and he just froze. It's all right. It's all right, Will, my man. Uh, your fee just froze, so I can't properly thank you to your face. Oh, there you go, Will. You froze for a minute, dude. I was just giving you credit for what you had said. I love that line. It's time to turn your execution or your passion into your execution, dude. Nothing but respect. I appreciate you so much. Thank you very much for coming back on the show, Will. Great to have you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you for having me.
0: Appreciate you, Will. Great job, dude. Really good job. Will Anderson Jr., damn right they got that pick right. Damn straight they got that pick right. Number three pick overall, he is having a huge year, and I'm going to make the argument that he is getting better and better every single week and had a breakout game against Denver when they had to have it. I'm going to also argue that although there's a lot of talent around him, they needed him to win that game the way they did, and they needed that game. That was a huge game, and he played huge. Such high praise, too, for Nick Saban. Like, Saban's always in the back of his mind still yet. I'm glad he came back. I'm glad we unfroze that would hate to end that on a frozen feed. Texans have karma. So much jungle karma. Importantly, they have so much talent. Importantly, they are extremely well coached. Importantly, they're extremely well run. The franchise is killing it now. And I'm going to say it again. They're a playoff team. Yeah, I know. I'm the rat poison. I'm the, I'm the one you want to stay away from. Don't be saying things like that. Rat poison. Especially ahead of the Jets. Then again, is there really any rat poison involving the Jets? There's poison. There's toxicity. But does anybody really think that D'Amico Ryans and that crew won't be ready for them? That Nick Casario and that crew won't be ready for them? Man, I love the Texans. I love them giving us one of their young stars and him showing up like that. Texans Nation, where are you? React. How much fun are you having? How quickly did that thing flip? How amazing a hire was that to get D'Amico Ryan's? How incredible were those draft picks? It's all coming together. They're way ahead of schedule. It's fun as hell. one 800 You know what's the opposite of fun as hell? The Koo Hunter and what's going on with the Jets. Depends on what report you believe or if you believe the report, but speculation is he was telling people around the facility, you know what? I'm concerned about getting hurt. I don't know that I want to go back out there. That was one of the reports. Now, whether or not you believe that or not is up to you. We could talk about how the Jets responded to that report, how Aaron Rodgers reportedly responded to that report. But if that report is true, and I'll lay it out for you, what's that say about the Coug Hunter? One thing to not be able to play, and I don't mean like physically incapable, I mean just not being good at your job. One thing not to be able to play, another to decide you don't want to play, allegedly, reportedly, so I want to hit that topic. When we come back, more drama on one Jets drive. Will Anderson, living up to the hype. If you ask me, what's your reaction to that conversation? And my thanks to the Texans for that one. At Jackson Hewitt, Jingle Bells is sounding more like Cha-chingle Bells. Starting December 11th. If you're approved... I like that one. If you're approved... For an early refund advance loan, get up to a thousand bucks on a prepaid card. Only Jackson Hewitt has a Money Today guarantee, but hurry. Appointments go fast. Book yours right now at JacksonHewitt.com. Early refund advance offered to eligible clients. Application required. Finance charge applies. Loans by Republic Bank. Details at JacksonHewitt.com. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. So Bruce Feldman's coming up at the top of our number 3. Welcome back. All right, a few things for you. You know where to find me. I'm not hard to find. Hit me up. Rome, you killed it. More importantly, Will Anderson Jr. killed it. That is one mature young man and the talent to compete for future defensive player of the year awards. War Rome saying, quote, this house is a big No. This house is a huge Texans house, Joe and H-Town. It is for plenty of different reasons. There is so much to like about that team right now, so much to like about that franchise right now. And I love the way Will, when I said to him, he goes, oh, I knew. I knew when I took my visit, this is where I want to be. And I said, how did you know? And then he just laid it all out. You know, it's just the people I met, the relationships the culture, the way it's all set up. And I was listening to all of that, and that's why I said, you know, to be honest with you, the exact opposite used to be said about the Texans, and it was not that long ago. That thing turned fast because they made a series of brilliant decisions, and it flipped. I always say this about the NFL. You can go from good to bad and bad to good really quickly. It's another example of that. If you make the right choices or the bad choices— Take the Patriots from the best ever to the worst in the AFC right now. The Texans, you know, frankly, not an extremely well respected franchise for a few years to like, hey, I hate to say this, but a model franchise in the way to build this thing and build it quickly. They've got seven wins, seven wins, and a legitimate look at the playoffs. And that's this year. How about their future? Look at the talent. That they've stockpiled. Look at the coach that they have. Look at the culture that he's built. Look at what the front office has done. Man, the future is incredibly bright there. Hell yes, this is a huge Texans house. I love these guys. Then you got the coog Hunter. And you got the Jets, who, by the way, they have a, coming up next. Another reason to be careful and wary of the rat poison. I didn't get into this with Will, but I noticed that rat he has poison. not been on the X in a while. I think that's something else he learned from Nick Saban. Stay away from social media at certain points of the year. You don't want to be reading too much. You don't want to read about how amazing you are. You don't want to read about how bad you are. You don't want to read anything, really, that distracts you from what's right in front of you. Still getting love from Houston. Jim, amazing interview with Will Anderson Jr. Three years in hell were awful for the Texans. But to see how fast they've turned it around is amazing. With the right management, they've got the right people in charge with D'Amico Ryans, Will Anderson, and C.J. Stroud leading the way. There is general excitement down here. Not just in the results, but in the players being damn good men as well. Eric in Houston, character matters. Character matters, unless you're the Browns. Character matters. Hey, one thing about CJ. I I talk about this all the time, man. This guy's incredible. CJ, and Will said it, CJ Stroud is special. He's different. He's special. However, there's a lot more to that team than CJ Stroud. I love the mix of young players and vets, and the young core on that team is incredible. They've got some incredible young talent, and they've got the right vets. And Tomiko Ryans, I can't speak for this guy, You know, obviously that was an amazing hire, the best hire. You wonder if he goes there if he didn't have such a good experience there as a player. He was beloved there as a player. They loved him, and he loved them. But say D'Amico Ryan's never played in Houston, and Nick Casario says, D'Amico, you're my guy. You got to come here and be—you're the guy. We know you're the guy. I wonder if D'Amico would go there and say, you know what? I see what you're trying to do here. Yeah, that's where I want to be. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, but it certainly didn't hurt that he played there and had such a good experience there, and the fans loved him. What's not to love about this guy? Hate to say this, Jets fan. Who would you rather have, D'Amico or Robert Resietz? Never mind situation, because Receipts has got a lot of talent, too. I'm taking D'Amico all day long.
2: taking receipts.
0: And we'll get to Bob Sala in a minute and his receipts and how he's dealing with the drama again at one Jets drive. These guys, man, they never stop. And yeah, I I admit, I was really excited right until Aaron shredded his Achilles and then it all went to hell. Four plays in, they went back to being the Jets. I really was excited. I really wanted to see, man, how is this going to play out? That defense, that quarterback, that young talent. This is good for the league. Snap! Four plays in. And then they revert back to who they've always been. Rich Kane is in. Quote, I can't stand Bama. And the Texans mean about as much to me as a piece of dryer lint. But Will Anderson is so impressive. If he's typical of Texans players, that franchise is doing so much right. And the future for them is incredibly bright. Of course he is. Of course, he is typical of their players and their culture. They have a culture. They don't just have talent. They have a culture. And I don't want to say that's all D'Amico Ryans, but that's mostly D'Amico Ryans. What changed? They brought him in, and they drafted brilliantly, by the way. You know, I don't know who they had on their board, second and first. Let's just say they got the right guy. It worked out really well. Really well. CJ's incredible. He <laughs> Wasn't he funny when I said, hey, man, how fired up were you? When he got right back in a linebacker's gorilla goes, dude, we were laughing. Like, CJ, man, you're going to get beat up. But he's like, hey, I'm a man too. I'm not just a quarterback. I'm a man. Don't disrespect me like that. Don't hit me late. But I thought it was funny that he thought it was funny. And then again, nobody's going to let anything happen to that guy. I'm a man. Nobody there is going to let anything happen to that guy. CJ freaking Stroud. Let me tell you something. Never mind everybody on the field. Never mind everybody on the sideline. I think you got 60,000 plus Texan fans that would have been down the field. Having that guy's back. It's fun, man. It's gotta be fun. You've been through a lot. You Texans fans have been through a hell of a lot. Why don't we try a few phone calls? Why why don't we stay in market on topic? one 800 636 Let's go to Austin. And for the record, it is still awesome to be back in Austin. I missed Austin. Dodger Jano. Went to Austin a few weeks back for the first time, and like everybody who's ever been to Austin, loved it. I'm like, no kidding. Julian in Austin. Julian, what's going on? Good to have you. Uh Uh-oh. Gonzo. I don't know if that was you or me or us or what that was. Line two's gone. No problem. Let's go to... Thank you, Albie. I'm just checking it out. It's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. Alvin confirmed it. He goes, dude, it's confirmed. He's not there. Hey, Alvin, since he's not there, how about you run it back and come back on again? (laughs) Uh, I guess that's a no. Let's go to Texas. Eric in Texas. Good to have you, Eric. What's up?
3: Good morning. Good afternoon, Jim. How are you today? I'm super.
0: Dude, how about you?
3: Uh, Jim, you wanted a Texans fan on this vine. You have a Texans fan on this vine. And let me tell you something. For the first time in three years, the word is hope. We have hope for the first time since J.J. Watt walked off the NRG Stadium field in January of 2021. We got the pick right with Will Anderson. I knew that. C.J. Stroud has surpassed all expectations. The reality is we ought to be in first right now because things happen in the Jacksonville game. Almost had it, didn't win it. That's okay. I feel confident we can get them in the playoffs. And the way things are going in the AFC, I feel pretty good about anybody else in playing anybody else in the AFC too, including the Chiefs, because they're not the same team they were either. That's all I got. Warm love to the Texans. War of the Rockets sneaking up on everybody, and warm that rule getting it together at Nebraska. Ouch!
0: Nice job, dude. Well done. It's a good take. Speaking of the Rockets, I actually have thoughts on the Rockets. This goes back to the weekend in that viral video of Ime Udoka talking junk at LeBron. I I meant to get to it yesterday, but I can't get to everything on Mondays. I want to try and get to it today so I don't lose track of that. So we'll talk about the Rockets. Yes, they got that pick right with Will Anderson. I know there was some concern in some circles. Not here. They nailed that pick. In terms of the AFC, it is as open. I think that we'd all, if we're being really objective, we'd all agree. Right now, right now, in the NFL, it is Frisco and everybody else. A healthy San Francisco team is without question the most complete team in the NFL right now. Best roster in the NFL. They are. How could you watch what they did to Philadelphia and think otherwise? Yeah, I know, I know. Philly had 13 tough days. Philly had three tough games. Totally outclassed. They just were. Nothing against Philadelphia. Credit for grinding out wins, finding ways to finish, getting it done, coming back on pretty good teams. I'm taking nothing away from them. They're a good team. They're a good team. They're not San Francisco. You can't watch that game and tell me the Eagles are in the same class as San Francisco, or anybody for that matter. If San Francisco is healthy, it's them and everybody else. Put that aside for a minute. Then you have the AFC. You can't make that argument about anybody in the AFC. I can easily say it's the Niners and everybody else in the NFC. I can easily say it's the Niners and everybody else in the NFL. But who would you say that about in the AFC? It's the Chiefs and everybody else? It's the Ravens and everybody else. It's the Dolphins and everybody else. It's the Bengals. No, not that. Last night, I tried to make the argument. Jacksonville, I would never have said it's Jacksonville and everybody else, but Jacksonville has an opportunity tonight to put themselves in position for us to talk about them being a number one seed. Jacksonville has a chance tonight, I said this yesterday, to put themselves in a position where we could talk about them as a legitimate Super Bowl threat. But look at the AFC right now, and you tell me if it's one team. Who's that one team that is separated from everybody else? Nobody. Nobody has. The Ravens have an argument, except the three losses they have, all were close games. Miami has an argument with their firepower, but we know their record against teams that matter. Then who? Where do you go after that? KC. All right, fine. Come on, Chiefs fan. Don't act like you are what you used to be because you're not. You're not. You're not even what you were earlier this season. Not with the defense falling apart in recent weeks. So why not the Texans? I'm not saying they're the ones to beat. I'm saying they're a playoff team. I'm saying they're in the discussion. (laughs) Man, how about the Colts who were left for dead? They're still alive too. The Bengals are still alive after last night. And Browning looks like he's a legitimate stud. So one more question as I go to break. Is he that good or are the Jags that bad? As always, all together now, yes. Yes. What the hell happened at Jacksonville defensively? Man, that was really discouraging. Especially if you're a Jags fan. Let me get some reaction before we go to break. War of the Rockets sneaking up on everybody, and War of Puberty sneaking up on me. Signed that Texans fan.
3: War of the Rockets sneaked it up on everybody.
0: Signed Jake in NYC. My dude, Jake. What's cracking, Jake?
3: War of the Rockets sneaked it up on everybody.
0: I don't know if that's puberty as much as a voice crack. It'll happen. Jake in NYC. Jake's funny. Jake, you must have some perfect pipe, yo. Jake must be like, drizzle. You have your phone number. Use it. Let's get you a sports update. Bruce Feldman, top of the hour. I want to get in... From Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Once again, all beef jerky is not the same clones. You should know this. Old Trapper's original old fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy and peppered, all come in four ounce bags. That way you can sample the different flavors and find the best one for you. Ask for a Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper with your beef. So, we'll talk more about the Final Four, the college football playoff, whether or not Florida State got jammed or if the committee got it right. Top of the hour Bruce Feldman joins me. Meantime, another day, another drama at one Jets drive. You know, things are really bad when you have to go crawling back to the Coug Hunter. You know, things are even worse. When you have to crawl back to the Coug Hunter and you get rejected, allegedly, reportedly, supposedly. That all went down yesterday. A couple of weeks back, all of New York City, hell, all of America, was basically like anybody but Zach Wilson. Please, anyone but the Coug Hunter. Put any dude out there. It doesn't even matter who. I mean, hell, the Giants found themselves some local area kid living with his parents and that worked out great. Just do that. Just run anybody out there not named Zach Wilson. It was hard to imagine anything could be worse. And then we all sat through Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle was so bad, he actually made Jet Fan miss the Coog Hunter, which I didn't think was possible at this point. Hell, made Jet's organization miss the Coug Hunter apparently because a really funny thing just happened. The Jets decided they want to turn back to the CH and then the Coug Hunter decided he did not want the ball back. That is if reports are to be believed. If you believe the report from the athletic yesterday, the Jets are just about ready to turn back to the Coug Hunter It's just that the Kook hunter is not all that enthusiastic about the opportunity. Or at least he wasn't until Aaron Rodgers himself intervened. Check out this report. At D.M. Roussini. On the X, she writes, quote, Timeline of events we are reporting. Zach Wilson made it clear to multiple members of the organization, players, staff, coaches. Of his apprehension to start due to perceived injury risk, per sources, the conversations with Rogers came as a result of Wilson's shared sentiments with others. End of tweet. I mean, wow. So according to, quote, multiple members of the organization, Zach made it, quote, clear that he didn't want to start due to perceived injury risk, reportedly. Yeah, that confuses the hell out of me. Like, on the one hand, I wouldn't want to play behind that offensive line either. I'd have concerns about that, unless I were that guy. And never mind my starting job, but my entire career hung in the balance. And then again, <laughs> of all guys, if this is true... How in the hell is the Kook hunter in any position to turn the ball down? I mean, it's a miracle that they even want to give this guy the ball. And yet he's saying, no, I'm good. Allegedly. Yeah, no, I'm good. What do you mean you're good? Why? Um, I don't want to get hurt. Yeah, I know. I got a, a tremendous threshold for his pain. Again, I'm just going by the report. I'm reacting to the report. Here's my question. This guy's fighting for his NFL survival, right? He's fighting for legacy. He's already on the verge of going down as one of the worst draft picks ever. How can he tell anybody that he doesn't want to play? We all know he can't play. But now he's saying he won't play? Allegedly? Can I repeat that? We all know he can't play. But... Their situation is so jacked up they need him to. We all know he can't play, but now we're led to believe that he won't play, allegedly? When have you ever seen the face of the franchise, the number two pick overall, say he's reluctant to take the ball because he's afraid of getting hurt? I'm sure some guys have thought it. I'm sure maybe some have even said it privately. Well, he did, but it got out. I just... Can't point to any case that I know of where that happened. I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I'm not saying it happened here. Yeah, I know I'm hedging a lot. I I want to be careful about how I say this. I'm reacting to the report, but she and they are reporting that multiple people within the organization were told that by him. So I don't really I can't really think of a situation similar to this. I just know that if you're on the verge of being an all-time bust, if you care about how your career and how you yourself are viewed around the league, and you're healthy, and they're telling you they need you, or they have no choice, but they want you to play, how is the answer anything other than, hell yes, let's freaking go. I got to get something else good on tape. I got to salvage my career here. I have to give somebody outside this town and this organization a reason to believe in me. Unless, unless, you've already made up your mind that you prefer the Coug hunting life to the NFL life. Reportedly afraid of getting hurt? My man, what are you saving yourself for? Cougar night at the singles bar? Dude, you have your whole life to recover. Right now, you need to save your career. It's a good thing you had Aaron there to get in your ear and give you some good advice. I mean, some pretty obvious advice, but at least that's one guy you'll listen to. You can't say no to a start in the NFL. Not if you're anyone, but especially not if you're you. Not if you're a former number two pick overall who's got comparable stats to Jamarcus Russell and is barely hanging on to a job and a future in the league. Jamarcus Russell. I mean, if true, these conversations, if they really were happening behind the scenes yesterday, then clearly this guy still does not get it. Yeah, I know. It's windy as hell out there, guys. And also, come on, guys. It's a rough game. I mean, I don't want to get hurt or anything. I mean, guys, imagine if I got hurt. Imagine how upset I would be if it were windy and I got hurt.
3: It's windy as hell out there, too, guys.
0: That would suck so much. If it got windy and I got hurt. It's windy as hell out there, too, guys. I mean, it's rainy as hell out there. What if it rains? What if there's wind and rain and I get hurt? I don't know if this is all true. Strike three for JetFan. Or strike 11. Or strike 200. I mean, jet fan. Jet fan. Jet fan probably wants to give the guy the hands if it's true. And Bob Sala had to know that that was coming when he hopped up on the podium to do even more damage control. And by the way, Bob's not that good at that. Bob Rui really is not that good at that. Bob's not that smooth at damage control. And he didn't do a very good job of it yesterday either. Let's be
2: clear. Um... If he was reluctant to play guys, he wouldn't be here. all right uh I actually coincidentally just got done speaking with him. Uh, he came in about a half hour ago and we had a really good conversation. The young man wants the ball he wants to start he believes he's the best uh, quarterback in the room and best quarterback for this team and the best and the guy who gives us the best chance to win um and I'll tell you guys the same thing I told him I appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that he wants to play. I'm just not there yet.
0: Wow. Quote, come on. If the guy didn't want to be here or didn't want to play, he wouldn't be here. All right. Except what about that report involving numerous people in the organization that he told that he was apprehensive about playing? I I like when coaches get really emphatic, like, let's be clear. Like, that's going to make it all right. Let's be clear. He thinks he's the best quarterback in the room. Oh, he thinks he's better than Boyle. Well, if it's so clear and so obvious, why are you not committing to him yet? Okay, so so you set the record straight. So the report then is all backwards. But you're still not ready to name him the starter quite yet. He wants to play. He thinks he's the best player in the quarterback room. That report's not true. Great. So it's all normal, right? And he's the second pick overall. So then why... Why are you not making him the guy? And then what about that report? Zach making it clear to quote multiple members of the organization, players, staff, coaches of his apprehension to start. I'll tell you what, if that report's not accurate, that's a big swing. All right. That's not sources or a source tells The Athletic. That's multiple members of the organization Players, staff, coaches. Somebody here is not telling the truth. I mean, who's lying here? It can't be both. Are they all lying? What exactly is going on here? Hey, coach, help us out. What is going on here, Bob? You guys know
2: me. I'm always going to put myself in another person's shoes. Um, to try to understand what they are or aren't feeling. And so you would say empathetically, like, you know, we, we're in a society now where kids miss bowl games because they're worried about their draft status, right? And it's just kind of so empathetically, if that discussion had been had somewhere, uh, again, it wasn't whoa, with whoa, whoa, me. What? what,
0: what kids miss bowl games it's because, it's because it's they're it's concerned it's about it's their draft it's status? It's he was taken it's second it's overall. It's He's already in the NFL. What the hell does that have to do with anything?
1: Uh, well, well it,
0: empathetically, so, um, empathetically, again, I'm, I'm, whatever that word means, empathetically, what again, does that conversation I'm mean? I'm Players, quote, kids skip ball to, uh, games because they're concerned about the uh, draft status. He's already been drafted. All these young men's head now he was drafted second overall. What are you talking about, like Bob? I'm Would you like, like some Roquefort with that word salad per usual? I don't think my man is saving himself for the potato bowl. He's already been drafted.
2: Um, to try to
0: wow. Bruce Feldman, when uh, we come back.
2: And so you would say, empathetically, like, you
3: know, this is a of the matter